Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's sermon by Pastor Tim Brooks. My goodness, thank you everyone. Thank you. Thank you for all of our camera people, all of the lights, all the video folks, the Words don't just happen on the screen. Somebody got here really, really early to practice and practice and get ready. Thank you all for making a worship experience possible for all of us. With Thanksgiving and Christmas right here, uh, with New Year's Day right here, and all we do to celebrate all of this, uh, I want to talk about these celebrations. Uh, for the last several years, quite a few years, our church has sent money to Gospel Light Church, downtown Hot Springs, that feeds needy people on Thanksgiving Day. And we've been financially heavily involved in helping to do that. Uh, and they are feeding literally thousands and thousands of people. It's not just uh, the, I mean, hundreds and hundreds, they feed into the thousands of people. Uh, and it's not now anymore just those financially needy, but there's a lot of folks that have to work. They go to the fire stations. Those guys don't have to go to a vending machine and get them some white donuts for Thanksgiving Day. They got a home-cooked meal. They go to some of the nurses' stations and some of the urgent care places. It's, it's just amazing, the ministry. And I was talking to Pastor Eric Capace this week and just asking him, are we covered? And, and he said, physically, to cook all the food, to prepare all the food, all of the dozens and dozens of turkeys, he said, we got that handled. What we really could use is some volunteers from 10 to noon on Thanksgiving Day to deliver. And tell it your folks, Gospel Light Church in Hot Springs will have a marked place. You will pull in, pop your trunk, they'll hand you an address, take six to this house or take 30 to this fire station or and you'll just have an address and you'll go get a chance to deliver a Thanksgiving meal and pray for those folks that are in need or those that are serving us on Thanksgiving Day. And for those of you in our church who don't have a lot of responsibilities on Thanksgiving, may not have a lot of people coming, say, you know, I'd like to serve. I'd like to do something from 10 to noon on Thanksgiving. Boy, so we could use drivers uh, to come and do deliveries on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, as Paul said earlier, remember, no church this Wednesday night. We're going to be working to celebrate Thanksgiving. Tomorrow, all of you that can come and help, for all of you that can come and help from about 8 a.m. to somewhere around 11 or noon, we're going to be decorating this building for Christmas. And we need a lot of help. We need a lot of help. Uh, at 8 o'clock, all of you men with pickups, our flatbed trailers, will meet in these storage buildings back behind our building. We'll load all of those trees, all of that stuff on. We'll pull in here. There will be some ladies out front to start pointing fingers to where all of that goes, and we'll start putting all of that up. You know, it's amazing how you put up lights that work perfect, and nobody touches them, and you go get them out of your attic in less than 50% of them. Come on. What, what happens? It's a light monster or something. So we'll be working on getting all of the lights uh, working, get all of that up. We'll probably be, be done here by 11 o'clock. And then Pat Howard and a couple of her ladies and her crew will then start making all of that fine-tuned and beautiful for us 
Uh, she's the grandma on a lift, if you want to know who she is. Uh, we got to make this place pretty, and Pat will be uh, helping us with all of that. You bet. The trees that we normally set on stage, we're going to sit right over here on the corners, make sure the lights are working, and not put them on the stage yet, because in just two weeks, we've got our Christmas Spectacular. Uh, we've got all of these cards out there in the foyer. Today, when you leave, I don't want a card on the table left. So, you either need to get a lot of cards or don't be the last one to leave because you'll have to take all of them with you. We don't want any of those cards to have to be thrown away. Put them in your car. Everywhere you go this week, friends, family, the place you're doing business, put it up on their business bulletin board. Pass it out to folks. Get these cards out and in people's hands. And as we talk about every year, the reason we're doing this is many will come to see a Christmas show that won't come and hear me preach. It's just the way it is. And more importantly, everybody that hears me preach will forget my sermon before they get to the car. We all know that. Let's just be straight up. But when you see a Christmas show, and you see that enacted out, the young people that see that will have an impression about what Christmas is all about that they will remember for a lifetime. It's very, very important. We've got cast crew that have been working literally down here hard for, for three months, building sets and painting and getting ready, and we want to get people here. We're doing it this year, December 1st. And second, because we want to set that in motion for all of the celebration that's going to be taking place for the whole rest of the month, we want to get our statement made first about what this month is about. And I'm just, I'm, I'm so grateful for all of you who have caught such a vision for what we're infusing in our community about the importance and the real meaning of Christmas. Barb, her crew, all of the ladies, all of the men, all those that have made sets happen, costumes happen, all the lines that have to be memorized. This church will keep Jesus' birth the reason for Christmas. That's what we're going to do. It's not winter break. The reason we're out of school, the reason we're off work, is this nation is one nation in all of the world that is under God. And we have set a national holiday to celebrate. For those of you who have trouble spelling, it's C-H-R-I-S-T-mus. Christ Christmas. That's the celebration that we're in. It's about Jesus' birth. Thank you all, all of you that have been working so hard and you've got a hard two weeks ahead of you. Thank you for making Jesus front and center of the reason for Christmas. Why? Why in this world do we do all that we do? I, I've got people coming to my house. Now, I know most of the adults. I don't know their children's names. And they're coming to eat food that I bought and paid for. Uh, uh, we got so many people coming to my house to eat that they can't fit in the house. I got to put up Biz Queen and close in the whole carport to set them out there. I don't know why I have to do that. Tell them to eat outside. I mean, I spent hundreds of dollars already to feed these people. In the midst of all of that, then Barb, all of her cast, all of her crew, men, women, children, been working for up to three months, practicing, building sets, learning lines, giving up night after night down here practicing. Why, why do we do all that? I mean, why do tomorrow we're going to be down here and we're going to decorate this church so that next Sunday when you come in here, we're ready for Christmas. It's going to be spectacular. 
What in the, why don't we put all these lights up, these trees, the wreath? You know, and to think, to think that I would have the audacity to ask church members to miss a day playing golf to come down here and help us decorate for Christmas. The sacrifice above all sacrifices. Why, why do we do all that? And on top of all of this that we're doing, my house. Lordy, had I known my wife was going to be so into Christmas, I'd have built a house with seven-foot roof line, all flat and level. Why not build a two-story house with a big high peak? And she wants lights up on that very top. And when you get them all up there, guess where the one light bulb that won't work will be? I mean, every time. Seriously, why do we do all of this? I can tell you why. Just to take it back down. Wrap it all back up, cram it in a box, drag it back up in the attic with anticipation of getting it all down next year. Why do we do all of this? Well, this church teaches the word. And for us here, the Bible is not religious sermon material. A biblical worldview is the way we live. We see life through God's word. And we are living life according to how God intended for us to live it. And why are we doing that? Because it opens the windows of heaven, pours out blessings on our life, and it removes our life from the position of being cursed and puts us in a position of being blessed because we're being obedient to God's plan, purpose, and will for our life. See, we're not here to just preach the Bible. Our desire, our pursuit is to grow up and be a written epistle that, that other, all men can read. When they see the way you handle life's pressure, when they see how you handle the fact that your dog just got run over, when, they see, when you handle life's pressure and your friends and family see that, it is a written epistle read by them as you live your life obedient to the word. So when we read the word, we're overwhelmed with festivals, parties, celebrations are very important to God. Well, why does God care? Why does he care about a party? Why does he care about everybody coming over to my house and eating turkey? Why does God care? Because what we celebrate is what we remember and honor. A few scriptures, Exodus 5.1. Moses and Aaron spoke to Pharaoh, and they told him, This is what the Lord God of Israel says. Let my people go so they may hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness. We're going to travel to the wilderness and celebrate a festival in honor of God. Exodus 10, 9. We must all join together in celebrating a festival to the Lord. Exodus 12, 14, this is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. As they left slavery in Egypt, Moses said, Exodus 13, 5, you must celebrate this event in this month each year for seven days you eat no yeast. Then on the seventh day of the celebration, you celebrate with a feast. Verse 8. Everybody listen. On the seventh day, you must explain to your children 
I am celebrating what the Lord did for me when I left Egypt. Verse 9, this annual festival will be a, get this, visible sign to you. And let it remind you always to recite the teachings of the Lord. Church, this is a handful of scriptures I got out of one book in the Bible. I could go on and on and on. To celebrate events all through the Bible, we read God commands celebration. Because it honors God and it reminds us of God. The Bible can't be read without seeing how significantly important celebrations are. God required people to participate in different celebrations. The title of the sermon today is just celebrations. Celebrations are a vital part of what we do because I want you to write this down. What a nation celebrates, it values. We're only days away from three huge celebrations. Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's Day. I want to make sure going into this that we have our thinking right. As we read throughout the Old Testament, as we read throughout the New Testament, we see how important celebrations were. In Luke chapter 2, verse 42, Jesus was noticed when his parents traveled to Jerusalem, as was their custom for the Passover celebration. Now, y'all remember, I won't go into the whole story. Jesus was 12 years old. He was expounding scripture with religious leaders during the celebration. Let me just stop right here. Not part of the sermon, just throwing this out. 2,000 years ago, we read, men were sitting around expounding scripture and talking while all the women were cooking and doing the whole work of the celebration. So what's about to happen at your house is not uncommon. It's the way they did. Jesus talked. Mary did all the cooking. Let's move on. Jesus' first recorded miracle took place during a celebration. It was a wedding in Canaan in Galilee. Matthew 22, Jesus was teaching a parable. And he said there was a king who prepared a great feast for a celebration. Mark 14, 12 says on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread. On and on we read about festivals. Seeing this in the, both the Old and the New Testament and seeing how far people traveled to celebrate, seeing it is what they did every year on that month of that year of that day, they did that on certain days of the year every year. Seeing how they did this all through the Bible, how can we say I hate Thanksgiving. I hate to travel. I hate I got to go over to friends. I got to go sleep at my relative's house. I'm in a strange bed. I like my pillow. I like all that. I got to go to. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Think about all of the travel they did in the Old and New Testament. First of all, they walked to another state. And when they slept, they slept on the side of the road getting to another state. You will be traveling in an airplane going 500 miles an hour. For all of you who are poor and can't afford to fly, you'll be in a car going 75 miles an hour with a heated or an air-conditioned seat on your rear end. Come on, how can you say I hate all of this travel when you don't have to walk out to Oklahoma to see your family and sleep on the side of the road to get there? How can we say this is just too much 
hoopla with all this. It says, as was their custom. That's what they did. We have the biggest three celebrations in the world. The three biggest, most important celebrations to God. Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's Day. I want to make sure going into this time of celebration, and that's why we're doing this early, I want to make sure going into this time of celebration, we got our minds right and our hearts right for what's about to happen. It's with a celebration to God, an honoring God, and a remembering all that he has done for us. With every turkey you cook, with every light that you hang, with every part in this Christmas production that you have to memorize, work, and participate in, with every night you spend away from your house and your bed and your pillow, we celebrate and we honor and we're grateful to God. In the early days of our country, the pilgrims were so thankful to God for a bountiful harvest. They joined with the Indians and they celebrated by giving thanks. Earlier this year, Terry and I stood in that very field with that very creek running right through it, with the ocean out in front of us, and we stood right there where the pilgrims and the Indians celebrated the very first Thanksgiving. Wow. It was, a, it was quite a moment. It was quite a moment as we stood there. As our country grew... It just became increasingly more and more important to celebrate by giving thanks to God for his abundant blessings on all of them and our nation. The Continental Congress in 1777, I read, recommend a day of thanksgiving joined to express to God our grateful hearts through our prayers as we please God through merits of Jesus Christ, to forgive our sins, to enlarge his kingdom, which consists of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That was our Congress that wrote that. George Washington, the next year, our president, 1789, appointed Thursday, the 26th day of November, as a day set aside a national holiday, and I quote, to give thanks to God. Our nation, this is one nation in the whole world that is still under God as we stop and give thanks to God for his blessings on our nation. Years after that, John Hancock, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln all declared Thanksgiving Day, and I read, to corporately and publicly thank and praise our God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Still today, if you look up in the dictionary the word Thanksgiving, just look up the word Thanksgiving Day, and here's what the dictionary says. A day set aside to give thanks to God. Now, today in our culture, we're doing all we can to take God out of every single part of society. Church, more than ever before, more than ever before, we have to guard the faith. Paul preached a sermon here now. It's been a couple of months ago. It was entitled, Guard the Faith. And that challenge went all over me as Paul was preaching. And I was taking notes. It's our mandate. We are to guard the faith. And if we don't, us, right here, if we don't keep God in these celebrations, who do you think will? 
Oh, it's just terrible what's happening in our world today. I mean, just taking God out, everything. What are you doing to keep God in? As a Christian, as one who attends church, every single Sunday, we're committed to be in church as a Christian. What part do we play in keeping God in these celebrations? Or do we just, my, 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 what's going on? I want to make sure that our church is doing all that we can to guard our faith, protect our faith, and keep these, these celebrations what they're supposed to be. We're God-focused. We're not turkey-focused. We're God-focused. All of those in our Christmas production, it's going to be on December 1st. It'll be a Friday night at 7 o'clock, Saturday matinee at 2 o'clock for those that don't want to get out and drive at night. I want to make sure that you're inviting people. Bring people. You're passing those cards out to them. You be at both of those productions with people that you have brought with you. Hey, I'll pick you up. Let's go to the show. After it's over, we'll go out to eat. We'll make an evening of it. We'll make an afternoon of it, and then we'll go out to eat. You do all that you can do to make sure that Jesus is staying involved in what we're doing here. All of those They'll be involved in one way or another a Thanksgiving party with friends, with family, with neighbors, whoever you've got that you'll be eating Thanksgiving with. This Thursday is vital that we stop and we thank God, Exodus 13, and we cite the reason to our children for this festival. The church, sad to say, just stopped teaching the word. The church stopped living by the word. Josh talked Wednesday night, gave us a statistic that 88% of the pastors and youth pastors don't have a biblical worldview themselves. They don't even know what the Bible says. How in the world are they teaching a congregation of people what the Bible says? It's no wonder. It's the church's job to infuse our society with a biblical worldview. It's no wonder that now we have a generation of pagans that have no idea that the dictionary definition of thanksgiving Uh, uh, The dictionary definition of Christmas, the definition of New Year's Day is all about Jesus. No school plays with Jesus' birth. We have school plays with pilgrims giving thanks to goodness. The pilgrims thanked goodness. No, that's a lie. You just lied to your whole elementary class. The pilgrims didn't thank goodness. They thanked God. We become so pagan in our thinking that we have forgotten what this is all about, and it's our job. It's our job. It's our job. Tim, this entire nation is off a whole day of work, and they have no idea about this. I'm not responsible for our whole nation. I'm responsible for those that's coming over to my house. And until we as Christians understand my responsibility is those in my home. Those that I work with, those across the street from me, my na- if, if until we as Christians get an understanding, see, we, we don't even have time to pick up a printed card and take it to a coworker and say, I wish you'd come to a Christmas play at our church with me and I'll give you a ride. Let's go out to eat after it's over. See, we're too busy to even do that. And we say, my, my, what is this world coming to? It's coming to whatever we let it come to. I tell you what we're going to do. I can't do anything about this whole nation. But all those that are going to eat at my house, we're going to stop before we eat. And I'm going to talk about why we're doing what we do. 
And I'm going to bow my head and lead our family in praying and honoring God. And I'm going to share quickly what Thanksgiving Day is with the kids that will be there. Why am I doing that? Because I have a biblical worldview. Why am I doing that? Because I have a biblical worldview. Church, the center of Thanksgiving, the reason for it for over 200 years is giving thanks to God. Giving thanks to God. For over 200 years, our nation celebrated the birth of Jesus. And they did so in a huge way. School, businesses closed for Christmas. The birth of Jesus, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. That's what we did for over 200 years. Now, it's, all of a sudden, it's winter break. It's not Christmas break. Schools can't do School plays about the birth of Jesus. We can't have nativity scenes. We have winter trees that we put up. And our Christmas cards are a picture of the family with their dog. And that's what we send out with a note in it that tells what all we did this last year. If we, as Christians, don't keep Jesus' birth, the entire reason for Christmas, who will? And I'm not opposed to you sending out of your list a picture of your family and your dog and telling everybody what you did for the last 300 days. Just, you got 364 other days to do that. On Christmas, send a Christmas card that has a picture of God's son on it. Send out a Christmas card that says, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. And inside, it don't say happy ho-ho day. On the inside, it says, I pray you have a blessed Christmas day as you celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. Love y'all. And then you sign your family name. Come on, church. We're doing all that we can do. And we're in a vitally important time right now. Every member of this church, if you don't have one, you order one. Get your nativity scene coming. Put it in your yard. Put it out on your street. Get a nativity scene out where everybody drives by. I'm not opposed to you blowing up a Santa Claus, putting him falling off of a ladder. I'm not opposed to you putting some reindeer out in your yard. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. Right down Santa Claus. I like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Had a very shiny nose. Had it. Y'all didn't know Andy Williams was coming here today. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. I like all those songs. Thank you very much. It's about time I got some respect around this place. I don't mind any of that, but I do if there's not a nativity scene front and center. I do if we don't stop and say, here's the reason we give gifts, kids. We don't give gifts. If you've noticed, not on Memorial Day, not on Labor Day, not on holiday, we're not 4th of July. We don't give them on Veterans Day. We don't, why do we give gifts? There's only one reason that we give gifts on Christmas Day. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave to those he loved. And that is the reason the whole world spends billions and trillions of dollars giving gifts to loved ones. Why? They don't even know it. It's because we're celebrating God giving a gift to those of us who he loved. That's where that tradition came from. We gotta understand this, and we gotta teach this to our children as we celebrate these holidays. Thanksgiving is this Thursday. I'm not responsible for the entire nation, but for those in my house, 
they're going to hear and know about it. Yeah, we're going to be watching football. We got family that's going to drive from out of town. We're going to eat too much. We're going to eat way too many pies. And unlike Paul, I'll be eating sugar-free pies. I'm not going to eat all of those pies with sugar in them. Church, that's the way we celebrate. That's not why we celebrate. And we need to make sure we understand there's a big difference. We have the tail wagging the dog. That's the way we celebrate, but that's not why we celebrate. The way we celebrate is eating way too many pies. The why we celebrate is because we're so grateful and so thankful to God that we gather as a family to say, God, thank you for another blessed year for me and my family. New Year's Day, it's a huge celebration. It's the week after Christmas. Does anybody know what 2023 means? Do we just pick that number out of the sky? Does anybody know we're going to turn a calendar to 2024? Does anybody know what that means? See, we've got to have right thinking about that. It gets its date from Jesus. It gets its date from Jesus. Before Jesus, the whole world's dating system was before the flood and after the flood. Think about the billionaires that have lived. Think about the kings, the world leaders, the world empires that have existed. Think about the discoveries that, that, that people have made. We discovered penicillin and the vaccine that say, we discovered a vaccine for polio, saved billions of lives. But it was the birth of Jesus that changed the dating system of the whole world because God sent his son into this world that while we were yet sinners, he could die for us. And that was so powerful that we changed the way the whole world dates its calendar. And every time I go to get medicine, they ask me my birth date. Where'd that date come from? Where did 2023, where does 2024? Every day I write somewhere the date. I write 2023, 2023, we write that all over every, where did that come from? It comes from the day since Jesus. BC was before Christ. AD, a domino, domino, the year of our Lord. The year, those are Latin words, the year of our Lord. That's where this comes from. Every single time you write that date, it's based on Jesus. Church, don't let the pagan world take out the reason for what we do. When that ball drops in New York City at Times Square, we're going to yell we're, well, we did when we were younger. Now I'll be asleep and I'll find it about it the next day. But all of the younger people, they're going to yell. They're going to scream. They're going to blow horns. They're going to shoot fireworks. It's another year since Jesus' birth. It is another year since Jesus' birth changed the world and most importantly, changed my life. We're not teaching B.C. and A.D. Now, we did for 2,000 years, but now we're given some other definition for our dating system. That's a lie. That's not where that dating system came from, young people. That's a lie. 2023 came from the year of our Lord. That's where that dating system came. And what we're teaching now is just flatten out the truth. We just changed the truth for a lie. Hmm, seem like I've read about that somewhere. 
as a nation, we celebrate New Year's Day. Just make sure all those around you, it's a new year since what? Happy New Year! Since what? It's Happy New Year since what? It's since Jesus' entrance into the world. And that's why it's a happy new year. Because had Jesus not come into the world and I've been suffering from the penalty of sin and me suffering the new consequences of sin in my life, it would not be a happy new year. It would not be a happy new year if the wrath and the judgment of God was loosed in my life. But the reason the ball drops and we scream happy new year is because Jesus has paid the price for my sin. He tore the veil of the temple and he gave me access to the presence of God. Happy new year. That's why we say happy new year. See, celebrations since the Old Testament days are vitally important for a nation. Because what a nation celebrates, it values. And here's what you need to write down. We're not celebrating Gay Pride Month. We're not celebrating, nor are we acknowledging it. Are we praying for gays? Do we minister to gays? Do we want them in our church? Do we want to see them set free from the hold that demonic powers have in their life. Absolutely, we love gays. We want to embrace gays. We, but we want to see them set free from what the devil has done in their life. But we're not celebrating Gay Pride Month here. I'm not celebrating what God curses. I'm not celebrating what God clearly says is an abomination to him. I'm not celebrating that. I'm not celebrating Mother Earth Day. Don't buy me a Mother Earth t-shirt. The earth is not my mother. I came from the one who created the earth, God. The Father God created me, and he created me for a plan and a purpose, and I didn't evolve out of the earth, and I'll not be celebrating Mother Earth Day, nor will I be wearing a t-shirt about it. Come on, the church has got to stand up and say, no, that's not the way it is. God's clear on what happens to his people who worship the created things instead of the creator, who traded the truth about God and, and worshiped creation instead of the creator. The Bible is very clear about this, church. We're not celebrating. We're not honoring diversity. We're not celebrating and honoring diversity. We're not posting that and we're not putting that up. Why? Because we're not diverse. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. That's not diverse. And we're not tolerant. Jesus said, if you really love me, you will obey my commandments. And we're not tolerant with breaking God's commandments. See, there's nothing diverse and there's nothing tolerant. I'm not celebrating diversity. There's one way. It's God's way. And you will live your life obedient to him or you will put your life under a curse. Well, Tim, you are the biggest bigot I've ever seen. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before you start sending me all kinds of emails, before I start getting emails from all across the country because of this sermon, I didn't say this. I'm just reading the script to you. I didn't say any of this. I'm just telling you what God says he will bless. 
And I'm telling you what God says he will curse. And as far as me and my house, we're going to do everything we can to move ourselves over here where God's blessings are and keep ourselves as far away from where his cursings are. Don't say happy holidays to me. No, just don't say. If you got to say happy holiday, say that on July 4th. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. If you want to check me out in line and say happy holiday, do that in Memorial Day. Do that on Labor Day. Come on, do that on Columbus Day. Happy holiday, happy holiday. But what? Are you afraid to say Merry Christmas? Our Savior has been born. Oh, don't give me that happy holiday. You tell me that July 4th, and I'll say, well, happy holiday to you too. Well, you say happy holiday to me, you're going to get Merry Christmas. Jesus has been born. It's not happy holiday. We're not taking God out of our community because it's in God that keeps our community where all of these people from all across this nation are moving to because they want what we have right here in the Bible belt. It has produced the lifestyle that we live. We're going to talk a whole lot more about this this coming month. We talk a lot about this. We're going to tell because I'm going to tell the children. I'm going to tell our young people. Why? We don't put lights up all these other holidays. Why don't we get out and put lights up Columbus Day? Why don't we string all these lights up? There's only one reason. Jesus is the light of the world. Why, why don't, what's the colors with red and white? Because, why does candy canes red and white? Why aren't they purple? Why the candy canes? Because of his blood and the purity of that blood was paid for our sins. Where's the green? What do we, holly? Out of all the things that we could make a wreath out, it's got to be out of that holly. My gosh, those things are stickery. It, a round wreath reminds us of the crown of thorns that he wore for us. When you get all that stuff out of the box, out of your attic, and you start putting it up, it's Lord, we celebrate you. Lord, we celebrate you. We here have a biblical worldview. We see life through God and his word, and the Bible is very clear. Over and over and over, God's word calls on us and commands us to celebrate. To celebrate each year, generation to generation, and to tell our children why we celebrate. And to remind them of what has happened for me. Today, I just want in your preparation, if you get the reindeers out and you start blowing them up and you start patching holes in them because they leak, make sure you got a lighted nativity scene in your yard. Think about it. Think about it. Any of you ever been around two and three-year-olds, four-year-olds? Daddy, what's that? Daddy, what's that? You can't even give them the answer. Daddy, what's that? What's that? What is that? How come that was it? Think about it. Every family that drives by the nativity scene that's in your yard will have a four-year-old that says, Daddy, what is that? And that heathen dad will have to explain the reason for Christmas to his family in that car. That's what'll happen when they drive by and see your nativity scene. You make sure you got one up. You got to have a nativity scene because we are going to keep the birth of Jesus in our community and the reason we do what we do. Terry and I live behind a key code gate. We live a half a mile off of a public road, but in our yard is a nativity scene. Who do you expect will keep the birth of Jesus? Who do you expect will keep the birth of Jesus? Who do you expect will keep this Thursday a day to honor 
and give thanks to God. Who do you expect when that ball drops to say, God, another year, happy new year. Thank you for tearing the veil and giving me access to God. Today, don't you walk by those cards out there that you don't do your part. That you don't do your part in getting people here December 1st and December 2nd. You pass those cards out. This church is going to do our part in this community to stay biblical, to think biblical, to live biblical, and keep Jesus the reason for all that we do. Both, of, both shows. I want all of our church to be at both of them. I'm going to be here cheering clapping, yelling at both shows. Why? Because I have to engage the audience and cause them to clap and respond because we're going to have people sitting here like this staring. And before they know it, this group of people will engage them in the real reason for Christmas. And it's because of our cheering, our response, our involvement in this show that's going to make what is happening on this stage come alive in the hearts. I mean, we're doing all we can do. Celebrations are vital because what you celebrate is what you value. Right now, as you're preparing and you're making plans, think about how you're going to honor God. He's the reason for Thanksgiving. He's the reason for Christmas, and he's the reason for New Year's Day. My word today for this nation, for our culture, my word today is we're in desperate times. And God is very, very clear on nations and what they do that he blesses. And he's very clear on nations and what they do that he curses. All of you characters in the working, all of you actors in our show, as you're driving your truck to work and you're practicing your lines, it's not, I hate this show, I'll never get in another Christmas show again, this is too much work, it's God, thank you. Thank you, I keep you in the hearts of people at Christmas. When you're down here and you're painting set pieces and you're working out there to get ready, it's not, I'm not ever doing this next year, they can get somebody else in that Christmas play. No, it's God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done for me. When you're here tomorrow and you're setting up trees and none of the lights work and we're climbing around here and we're hauling. When you're down here working tomorrow, it's not, I ain't coming down here next year. This is more than I bargained for. No, it's God. This week while you're cooking turkeys, while you're getting ready, when you're up on that roof hanging lights, I'm not too busy. I'm not too old to celebrate and say, God, thank you. God, thank you. God, thank you. In your heart, you're not angry about having to do this. You're not mad about having to do this. You're not saying, I'm never doing this again. I'm not volunteering for this show again. In your heart is, Lord, I celebrate you. Lord, I remember all that you have blessed me with, and today I stop. I honor you, and I celebrate you. Y'all stand. Lord, today we celebrate you. We celebrate you this week in Thanksgiving, in a few weeks in Christmas, the next week for New Year's Day. Lord, it's all about you, and we give you thanks for what you have done in our lives, and we're abundantly grateful to you for your abundant blessings on our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. 
If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.